welcome to episode 55 of the Startup Podcast, the podcast that falls upon the grenades of pop culture so you don't have to, where we shine a light on corners of popular culture that are wisely ignored or sometimes unfairly overlooked. I'm Andy, up till now the only ever present member of the team. As you'll know from the previous few episodes, my usual co-host and co-conspirator Ralph uh, is unavailable. He absolutely is not dead. He has not been buried under the patio out the back and I am not using his Twitter account like some kind of strange sock puppet the likes of which people usually use for Amazon book reviews. So, rather than me be uh, regaling you with uh, contrary opinions for half an hour on my own, which I could conceivably do about everything other than Manimal because all aspects of the Turnbull personality are united with their love of Manimal. All of it is good. None of it is bad, you are all wrong and you will all learn to love it in time. So, I've enlisted uh, another Stunt Ralph. Now, this is a Stunt Ralph with a difference, because technically he's already been a Stunt Ralph. How, I hear you ask. Cast your mind back to the very first uh, Ralphless, Ralph Light, Sans Ralph episodes of the podcast. However you want to describe the ones where I have the uh, doctor-shaped void beside me on the couch and as I discuss things. So... We had the silent member, Philip Ayers. Well, I've actually managed to get him this time, so he's not actually going to be silent. So, welcome to the podcast, Phil. Hello, can I be the first person on this podcast to say hello to Mr. Nick Rowe? Yeah, you can indeed. Now you've done that. Well done. Ah, excellent. So, uh, as we said, you've cast a long shadow over the podcast over its couple of years with... Oh, I try, I try. I, I, I just feel you need these little gifts to make me feel loved and wanted. Uh, that's, that's one way of putting it, I suppose. Have you had a box today, Andy? Oh, we have indeed. As we record this, which is uh, Tuesday the 30th of April, I do indeed have a parcel which is to be opened by the absolutely not dead and buried under a patio Ralph Burns when he returns to the Startup Podcast, whenever that may be. I'm very proud of that parcel, Andy. Well, I've actually kind of forgotten some of the bits that are in it, so we won't talk about it, because that would obviously spoil it if he decides to listen. Oh, yes. But... Well, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't want to give away the delightful surprises contained within. Well, we can leave that for, obviously, Ralph's grand return to the podcast whenever, oh, he's, yeah. whenever he's resurrected and exhumed from the patio he's not buried in. <laughs> so, Phil, obviously, Phil and I are big Doctor Who fans. And oh, yes. Now, there's going to be a little post-credit street. Phil has a bit of a theory about sort of who the big bad is of Doctor Who of this, this series and indeed several since the Moffat has taken over. So it'll be at the end of the, the end theme tune, so if anyone isn't, doesn't want to get spoiled or learn anything, is they can leave it to a later date to watch it. But it's an interesting theory and one we'll talk about there. But the biggest thing that Phil and I like Doctor Who... Phil and I don't agree very often on what constitutes the best Doctor Who story. No, we don't. So, Phil, tell the people at home what's your, what one of your favourite Doctor Who stories is. My favourite story, not necessarily the best, but my favourite is Destiny of the Daleks. And that sharp, pained intake of breath you hear is me. Remembering the last time I watched it before I packed the DVD off onto eBay. Or did I give it to Ralph? One or the other. But it was passed on. I know to prove the this. 
I'm, I'm not long gone of the days of being a completist and having everything, and I didn't enjoy it. And so you're, you're speaking to a man who owns two DVD copies of Destiny Star and two video copies of Destiny Star. Why do you have two of the DVD? Uh, I've got it on the individual version, I've got it in the Davros set. Oh, that's acceptable then. I will allow yep. this. Yep. It's out for the videos as well. So. So what do is we're going to sort of butt heads about this and talk about Destiny of the Daleks for those of you who don't know. So now, Destiny of the Daleks is Tom Baker's second uh, tussle with the Daleks. Is in, and uh, was allegedly written by Terry Nation. Allegedly, <laughs> like a lot of stories are written by Terry Nation. I think you can safely say, no, you didn't. I've, I've, I've watched a lot of Doctor Who. I've watched a, lot, watched a lot of Doctor Who written by Terry Nation and indeed other things written by Terry Nation. And um, over time you get to see the, the influence of the script editor on the work presented before you. Or the, uh, the back of the fag packet story outline. He is often <laughs> renowned for passing on to people. There, there's another one that's uh, about, about Dalek Masterplan. Dalek Masterplan is a story that Terry Nation half wrote. He wrote the first six episodes, uh, five episodes and the seventh. And allegedly, he delivered a few pages of notes to Donald Toss, the then script editor, on the back of a, on the back of an envelope. Then jumped in a taxi and flew off to America for a few months. Nice work if you can get it. Indeed, he did. So the the script editor at this point in time in Doctor Who's history was. Uh, a chap I'm sure some of you may have heard of called Douglas Adams. Yes, yes. At this, at this point, Douglas is uh, at the start of his career. He's had, he's had one Doctor Who story um, broadcast to Pirate Planet, and he's had the Hitchhiker's Radio series broadcast, and he's been offered the job of Doctor Who script editor. So he, he's taken that up as a, as a proper job, but at the same time, Hitchhiker's is getting huge in the background. So... So the story of Destiny of the, the Daleks has, well, it's back on back on Scarrow actually, which we haven't seen since the last time they were there. Genesis. Can I just say it definitely is on Scarrow. John Peel, are you listening? Phil, of course, is speaking about uh, <coughs> Wank of the uh, Daleks. Yes. Not a good book. So anyway, it actually starts off uh, carrying over from the end of the previous uh, season-long story arc, The Key to Time, because we have uh, the Doctor and his companion at this point is Romana. Yes. And we now get a new Romana. We do, because the actress playing Romana has left between series. Because she saw how her character devolved from competent uh, figure who could challenge the Doctor into traditional Doctor Who companion. Indeed. So we get a, a regeneration sequence, which is quite light-hearted and a little bit of fun. Bit of fun. But obviously kind of shows, well, just why is it the Doctor's so bad at it then, if <laughs> this young newbie tar- Time Lord can just do it off off the cuff? Well, we've got somebody here who's doing it when they want to. They're, they're, they're deciding they want to regenerate, which is possibly how they're able to shake their appearance several times before settling on their final form. The Doctor's always regenerating in a moment of crisis when he's going to death at all. 
or or when the Time Lords tell him he's having a new face. Right. So anyway, we have uh, the sequence, and we get Mary uh, Lala Ward, who would soon become Mrs. Thornbaker. Hey. Uh, and watch the stories around this time and see how their relationship is developing, and as to whether they're actually talking to each other while they're making. It's actually quite amusing. It's once I didn't notice this at first, but Ralph pointed out to me a while ago. And once we started doing it, it's like, oh, you can see quite clearly when they're not talking to each other. Oh, I've had this week. Yeah, you can see that they they can have entire sections of dialogue where there's no eye contact made whatsoever. I think I, I think this is quite early on in, in their relationship. That the third story she's recorded is in Yeah. So um. So we have a we have a new Romana. We also sadly have a new Davros. Mm. Now you don't like the Davros, do you? I I think he's got a couple of things uh, going against him. One is he obviously doesn't fit the makeup mask. There's some very bad bad bits in the that's quite bad on DVD now when you see it because they've obviously not recast sort of redone the the mask for him. Uh, and his voice is just not as good. Now, now this pains me because I actually quite like this Davros. He's all quiet. He's just... stunned in silence. He is the poor the, Davros. The Davros I have problems with is the Terry Malloy one. It's just so different to the Davros we've done before. The makeup looks different and he's turned into a complete breaking maniac. Whereas before there's some control to Davros. I can see your point, but the, with with the Davros at that point, he's obviously had the I've been captured and frozen, I've been betrayed by my creations. He's going to be even more unhinged than he already was, so you can get yeah. away with that. It's quite possible he's got a bit head of test as well, he's been in suspended animation. Yeah. And they do copped it by him kind of saying that he was kind of still able to when he was took and again, that's in Revelation, the next story, but yeah, he's just, I, I don't think he's got the powerful... Also, Gooderson just doesn't have a strong voice. It's not powerful enough to project through that horrible makeup that he's got. Because, again... He, it's, he isn't Michael Wisher. No, he isn't. And that, that's, 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 that's the point. He is... Okay, if you haven't seen the original Davos, which I hadn't when I watched this story for the first time, yeah. but if you've seen the original one, then, yeah, I can admit that maybe it does pain. But basically, so just to, as we we go on, so the story basically set that TARDIS is on a, a, ran, a rocky planet with breathable air and dangerous high levels of radioactivity. We obviously know it's Scarrow because the story has of the Daleks in it. So there are some clues there. There are some clues. What I don't get, the start of this story, the Doctor's showing off his new device, the randomizer, that makes the TARDIS land absolutely anywhere. So why is it the first place it heads to is the home of the Dark Enemy? You could probably read into it that the Time Lords probably sent him again in the vain hope that he would do something to wipe them out again. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Considering that obviously he didn't do what they asked him to do in, back in Genesis. He sent them back, he didn't wipe them out. Possibly. But basically they... they they see obviously some uh, raggedy folk burying somebody, and this, uh, the spaceship sort of lands and buries itself. 
Oh, I love that effect. That's a fabulous model effect. The, the BBC Model Workshop is really knocking it out at this point in their history. You, there's a, you can see a huge advance in the spaceship effects this year on both Doctor Who and Blake 7, just light years above what it was the previous year. Yeah, it was. Kind of, it's, again, love, do love miniature effects, just not done enough these days because of cost and people's insistence on CG. But basically, so it lands, they're about to go and have a little look, and there's explosions. Hooray, topic explosions. Expl- point out the explosions are underground. Yeah. The explosions are not coming from later bolts in the spaceship. The, the, the special edition producer are listening. Yeah, that was a bit strange. Yeah, if, if you have, if you put the spe- if you put the additional effects on the DVD special edition, the explosions are accompanied by laser bolts coming from the sky because the guy who produced it thought they were under attack from the sky. But you would have thought someone said, "Here, read the script." Yeah, <laughs> it quite tells you what's going on. Yeah. So, basically, the Doctor gets gets trapped. Get, get, get something fallen on it. Another termination crate. Yeah. So we've got radioactivity, people who, uh, raggedy stragglers, and someone th- something falling on the doctor. Tick, yep. tick, tick. Yep. So if you're playing Terry Nation bingo right now, eyes down for the next card. Oh, yeah. uh, we do get a nice little bit of Douglas Adams here, though, when the doctor's trapped and he picks up his book to read. Origin of the Universe by Long Yes. Uh, as all fans of Hitchhikers will... will Recognise that reference. Yeah, it's one of the things during during uh, Douglas's uh, tenure on this is the the bits he peppers from his other works, or things that he perhaps offhandedly mentions or adds into Doctor Who scripts that find their way into Hitchhikers and various other tales. Yeah, I can't remember whether he did he did that in the original radio series. But I think he did. He did. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And so obviously Romana's is returns to get canine. From the TARDIS to help feed the Doctor. At this point, as Rock Pawnee's trapped in the TARDIS. <sighs> and because Terry Nation wouldn't let K9 be in the same story as the Daleks. Yeah. And for fear that they would upstage them. Yeah. Look, I can see his point in terms of, like, for kids, because I remember K9 being fantastic when I was a kid. I don't, I don't particularly have any antipathy towards it now when I'm older, but... It was cool when I was a kid. Didn't really like K9. Yeah. I think it was quite protected by the own creation. Terry Nation supposedly the person who spiked any um, previous Daleks versus Cybermen stories before mm. that. Because it doesn't want any competition up against them. Mm. So it's, it's so bizarre that he basically, because one of the things about Terry Nation is once uh, he, he insisted that Davros was in all future Dalek stories. And which I can see the point because it's more interesting to have an argument between the Doctor and Davros, as was shown by Genesis, but it does start to overshadow his creations. Not so much here, but this is the start of it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's nothing to do with Davros that you can't do with a decent Dalek right. Yeah. But I, th- I think the big problem is when the Daleks got reintroduced in the 70s, and, and obviously the Pertwee era, they really didn't know... How it, they seem to have forgotten what the Dalek hierarchy was. Yeah. They'd forgotten we'd had uh, Supremes and Emperors already. Yeah. There's, there's, there's gold Daleks and Day of the Daleks in Frontier in Space, and there's a Supreme Emperor thingy 
like the gold bonin planet, but yeah. your Dalek leader just disappears after that. And so it's just kind of Davros becomes a nice focal point for them. Uh, yeah. And again, it's, this is where they, they rewrite in, in this story because he was quite clearly dead at the end of oh, uh, yeah. Genesis. He was meant to die. It's the whole point. Interestingly, though, Genesis is filmed in such a way that you don't actually see Davros' death on, on screen. Yeah. He's just, he's just surrounded by the exterminator effect and there's his hand going lifting him up. Yeah. So I, I, I think even back then they were going to be incredible to bring back. Well, I'm not sure if they did or that was just sort of uh, just fortunate because obviously uh, on his interviews Hinchcliffe is kind of he didn't want to use any of the old stuff when he took over Doctor Who. He'd just been, lumb- in his own words, they were lumbered with kind of all the old, the Daleks, the Cybermen, the Sontarans, and the like, very quickly on. And he couldn't wait to get rid of them. Yep. He gets, gets rid of them and then does three years of nothing but new stuff almost until right at the very end when he beats his master again. Yeah. So he's kind of quite clear. He's like, no, here's what I'm doing. I want all yep. brand new stuff. So, obviously, they're trapped, and it basically, Romana is leaving the TARDIS to, with K-9, uh, or to get K-9, and she turns around, and the chap who's been following her blocks her path. And she backs away and falls down a rubble chute and passes out. Yep. In, in the finest Susan fashion. Oh, yeah. And when she wakes up, she come, she is confronted by... Uh, now, now this bit, this bit scared me sensibly. I was afraid of the Daleks already. I had never seen a Dalek story on the television, but I was already afraid. I caught flashes of Dalek invasion of Earth when, it was, when the film was going on Sunday, Saturday morning. Yeah. I, I sort of turned on and had a little peek at it, then been scared and run away. There's bits of Dalek invasion of Earth that stick in my mind from when I was four or five. Like when when the when the shed is surrounded by Daleks is blown up with um, Philip Maddock in it, yeah. when Bernard Cribbins chased down a corridor by a big ball. These these are like like crucial memories. So when I came to watching Doctor Who, I hadn't wanted to watch for ages, but I just about got watching it during the um, Then the next year, along comes Death of the Dark. Now, the clue's in the top. Yeah. You're going to see a dog. Yeah. So I have sat there for 25 minutes, scared out of my wits, knowing that somewhere there is going to be a dog. Romana falls down the shaft, trapped in these black mirror walls. The walls start shaking, and it's like there's an earthquake going on. Suddenly, they crash. A Dalek burst through the walls and it's like, blow me, I'm not safe anyway, I can't hide. The Dalek can come through the effing walls. And this is probably where I have my first biggest problem with the story. Is the Romana becomes Susan, basically. That's the whole point. Is I really like Key to Time as a whole. Yes, there's some some issues with some of the sto- stories themselves, but overall it kind of works. And Romana's a good was a good character, basically as, as she was introduced as this ice cold foil to the Doctor. But here she's absolutely just inept. 
And it's a case of this is before they built up the. Obviously, now we have the whole mythology of the Daleks with the Time Lords and the, the Time War and the like. This is before when the Time Lords were still meant to be, you know, some some degree of uh, ability and power far in advance of any Dalek. And she practically wets herself. And they keep ranting, again, they rant the do not move, do not move, do not move. And it's just, you don't need to shout. Doing it once would have been scarier enough. Uh, yeah, perhaps a little bit. Uh, it's just kind of no. That's again probably why. You, look, I can see. I I know. He's been, he's been separated from the doctor. Can't get back to the TARDIS to get K nine to help her. Turned and found the doctor is missing. Some weird bloke has then chased her around the room. She's fallen down, half knocked herself unconscious. And then the blinking walls fall down the Daleks for him. I think you're going to be scared in that situation. And well, it's not to say that she shouldn't be scared, but she's reduced to basically simpering. And she is, basically. It's like, no, you're meant to be Gallifrey. Sort yourself out. Now, here we get the camp that's just about to, to come as we get the... Uh, we find out what's happened to the Doctor. And he's been rescued by some... Uh, <laughs> Disco-wigged, white jumpsuit-wearing weirdos. No problem is. Nothing, it's just it's quite amusing. But it's the first bit of camp that comes in. Now, these are the Mavellans, as we'll, we'll soon learn. And they they apparently have been fighting a war with the Daleks. Yeah, they have. They have been fighting a war, and war is a draw. Apparently the, the level of intellect and capabilities between the, the two races are basically at stalemate. Which, and the Doctor then finds out the planet he's on, uh, which they call D5 Gamma Z Alpha, is Scarrow. Which he... So at this point he's like, oh right. And basically... Uh, the, Dal- the Daleks are here to find Davros, who, despite them having killed them, they believe he can help them move on and beat the Mavellans. And so the now, Mav- why, why they think Davros can do this in their own scientific part, I don't know. Again, Dal- Dalek scientists created space travel, they created time travel, they viruses. I think it's obviously could you could possibly conjecture that it's a case of how much of how much have they lost in this war with the Mavellans? How, yeah. how many of them are left? Because it, it says a stalemate, and it talks about massive battle fleets. But is that just you know? Yeah. Hi, a little, not so much hyperbole, but just yeah. If if all everything sort of accounted for at the stalemate, then maybe they can't spare the manpower to do anything. I, or, I think possible. Well, the scientists have actually engineered the conditions that found themselves in. Because one, one, one of the one of the things that Dalek, especially the Daleks take flat for, is the Daleks are essentially robots. In it. Yeah. Have the Dalek scientists moved them into a position where they've abandoned the um, the sort of organic components inside them, and they are essentially just robots. 
Yeah, makes the, the the one point. Yeah, that random bit of dialogue with the doctor when he's got the plastic bit of goop. So you're kind of at that point going, well, okay. Uh, and it is one thing they take a bit of flack for because otherwise, they, then they just are like Cybermen, really. If that's the case, they were going so. Uh, so again, the villains come out with another prisoner who happens to be the the guy that was following Romana, and it's Tyson. And he basically says they've been trapped, for, they've all been part of slave labour for a couple of years and they've been basically looking for something. And it's only here that we find out that it's Davros who's in suspended animation. Yep, and down into the depth of the what's there. Yeah. And basically they find him and he slowly starts to come to life. I've always wondered what makes Davros come back to life. Why is it suddenly like the doctor wanders Yeah, because it was it's kind of the thing that okay if he was there. Also, if if his systems were damaged, how did they suddenly repair themselves if there was no one to repair them? Also, regeneration over thousands of years. Yeah. I don't know. There's also some little bits of hand waving that you can't really look at the story too in depth because again, Terry Nation writes his outlines on the the back of. Uh, Fag Packers and, and Douglas Adams is more about moving the story along rather than making sure all the all of the plot points hold together. Yeah. Which is, is again, he's not the first and won't be the last Doctor Who script editor to, to be of that kind of nature. Oh no, oh no. Not <laughs> by no means. And it's not to say he's a bad script editor, uh, and, and he isn't, as I say, one of my favourite in terms of Doctor Who, but by no means is he the worst. No. Most of who, I think pretty much almost everybody who follows him, with the exception of uh, Cartmill, I would say is below him. Yeah, probably, possibly, I, I don't know. I, I, um, it, it's really quite hard to say. Everybody after him talks about pros Standard, you're, you're, uh, you're looking at everybody else, like. Yes, definitely. So, basically, so they find Davros, and it's like, oh, crikey, we need to stop the Daleks from getting him. So, they basically just, and this is where it starts to, again, they just kind of push him around a little bit, and it's like, well, you're kind of undermining your big threat. Again, do Douglas Adams does like a bit of tongue in cheek, but this is. How do you mean? They're, they're, they're basically trying to get Davros down from there. It, it just feels like they're shoving a, a really, really ill tempered old relative in a wheelchair about. <laughs> and that's what it comes across as a little bit like. There's, just by the way that they're, they don't treat Davros as a threat at that point. Which I, is don't, quite... I don't think Davros is a threat at that point. Well, we've already seen this. Is he has enough stuff about him to keep himself alive for a thousand years, so it's like, you would be worried. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just the damage he can't move, he's that there, mercy. Uh, still... They're, they're, they're getting him out of here, they're taking with them. Yeah. And again, they, we have a, a, a bit of a Dr. Davros uh, two-hander for a little bit. Oh yes, I've been a fan, it's on the top. 
That's the, I think that's the problem, though. It's Tom being Tom rather than Tom being the Doctor. But at this point, that's what Did you want. You're tuning in for your Tom Baker affair on a Saturday night. There is that, but it's more when you do contrast the, the, the bits where any other Doctor's gone up against Davros. And again, and those after, Tom before and those after him, there's a lot more substance to any of their their two-handers than, than we get here. It is oh, a bit yeah. fluffy. Yeah, it is very how the show is trying. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll concede that. It's just more taking an, taking an isolation looking at its own. You can help think, really, you've, you've, you're doing that? Um, well, Daleks basically find them, but the Doctor holds Davros ransom with a, a bit of explosive that he's managed to, to concoct. Aloy. Nicked it from the dark control earlier on in episode. Yeah. And basically, that uh, they escape. All out through the window, bargaining while the Daleks Yeah, and Davros basically, the Daleks get the explosive away, and Davros says he'll make the, the Daleks invincible and the supreme power of the universe. We uh, haven't heard that before. Meanwhile, we get to find out that the Mavellans aren't the good guys. Shock. Yeah, funny that, the, the, the disco disco here. And basically what happens is they they basically have a, a Nova device. Which is... Terry Nation bingo, it's a big bomb. Yep. Uh, it's a big bomb with a countdown. Yep. And it's basically, apparently, it's a weapon which changes air molecules so that a planet's atmosphere becomes flammable and can be set alight, killing all life. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit kind of, come on, can you just made a really big bomb? <laughs> there, there are easier ways to... to... But anyway... It's, 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 it's exactly the same device as Terry Nation using the Android you surprise me, Terry Nation reusing something from one of his previous stories. Oh, Terry Nation, big bombs, countdowns, been there since the word dot. Very much. So, again, they're, they're basically, they have Romana sort of... At their mercy. As they, it were. They put her inside if this bomb takes thing. And it's here where the Doctor finds out that the Mavellans are robots. Yeah, and that, that this sort of gives the game away behind the story's origin. Essentially, this is Dalek versus Cybermen. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when, when you come down to it, you've got two robotic rifles fighting each other, one of them's the Daleks, the other one's the Cybermen. It's just, they aren't Cybermen. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much actually, and. Apparently, here's where we kind of get the, the information about sort of the dialect Mavellan War. It turns out they've been stalemate for two centuries, and they're relying on battle computers now for the Daleks anyway, and it's basically just... So apparently, they haven't fired a single shot. That doesn't sound like the Daleks today. Exactly. It's a bit kind of... Mm, no. And the Daleks want Davros to, to basically give them some imaginative spark that's perhaps going to be the difference. So the Mavellans kind of go... All right, Doctor, you can do the same for us. But Davos is basically, no, fuck it, I'll do it. And basically 
orders a, a suicide bomb attack on the Mavellan spacecraft when he realises the Doctor is uh, could do the same, which is where you start to get a, a nice little bit of the difference between the Doctor and Davros. As Davros assumes automatically the Doctor will do what he would do, whereas we know the Doctor won't. There's lovely images at this point of Daleks with bombs around their waists. That really stuck in my head because I was actually taken back to what's part of it. It isn't unusual. It's, it's, the only problem with, I have with that is the way that they're shot. So yeah. the, the director of this, Ken Grieve, is not, again, he's, this is the only Doctor Who story he did, and he just did not know how to shoot a Dalek. I don't know, it's quite innovative at times. There's all stuff on floor level. No, I, think... I think the only point that really goes wrong shooting the Daleks is when you've got the bomb Daleks on location. They look tiny and they look yeah. ineffectual. They're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. I, I, they're, they're basically exhibition sites crossing into Location, lightweight location guns, so they can move about. Unfortunately, they're so lightweight that the times they're when they're moving, they're moving the operator's leg inside them. Yeah, so the, basically, the, Tyson and all the prisoners come in and save the doctor by deactivating all the Mavellans. Yep. And the doctor head. Play spot the extra in the prisoner secret, so it's a big roll in there. Yep. Uh, so the Doctor then bolts off to the city to, to stop Davros and tells him they've been, obviously, he's disabled the, Dav- the Mavellans. Uh, Davros is still ready to destroy the, the Mavellan ship. And we get the uh, Daleks getting near the ship. The doctor, Doctor's about to detonate all their bombs. but gets ambushed by a Dalek. And he throws his hat on the Daleks, eye stop, blinding it. Hey, my vision is impaired. You cannot see. My vision is impaired. I cannot see. I always hated that, and I've never ever bought it. Mm. It's like you're in a sophisticated armored casing. You aren't just relying on that one little optical output to see. You'll have banks of sensors and the like. You know what it is? It's the planet the Daleks see. Three people. Yeah. This time he had jammed all the, doctor, the Dalek sentries with an electronic device and blown his hat on them. Come on, infrared sensor or something like that in the Dalek. Yeah. So, <coughs> so the Doctor then detonates all the bombs and the Daleks are all wiped out, or at least all the Daleks are currently on Scarrow. How did the Doctor know where the Daleks were at Again, refer back to back of fag packet story outline from Terry Nation, uh, Douglas Adams not always uh, scrupulous attention to uh, plot details. Throw a little, throw a little screen into the corner of the room, showing where they are. Talking. Yeah. So then you get basically the Davros gets put into custody by the slaves, uh, so to be put in cryogenic suspension, taken to Earth to stand cryo- trial for his crimes. Which. Off we go. But here's the point: what crimes? The Daleks, that's crime. Whether he created that or not is an irrelevance. That's kind of... Oh, he created something responsible for all these deaths over the years? Uh, it's just one of these things that's like, well, you know what? He's actually been asleep for thousands of years and they did try and kill him, to be fair. No, 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 no. He's responsible. Well, I'm not saying he's not, but it's more just really, it's like, you're on shaky legal ground here, I think. 
I'm not sure. I think there's, there's some. There, it would be a very protracted trial if it happened. So the daughter of Romana bugger off, and that's the end of the story yep. itself. Now, you see, it is for me probably one of my least favourite Dalek stories just because the Davros is poor, which I can cope with. The, the Daleks aren't really effective either. They are just stupid. They they are again. Had they been a little bit less at the very first cliffhanger, that probably would have been the, the best moment for them in the sh- in the in the four part. Wouldn't say they're sort of devious and nasty like they've been in certain other stories in the past. <coughs> but from from the point Davos is onwards, they're basically just rugs. Uh, they're, 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 they're the definition. They kill them, that's what they do. Yeah, I'd agree, actually. It's, it's, it's spot on. It's just, it's why I, I like what Big Finish did, where they took Davros away and did some stories on his own. Yeah. Because he's a good enough character that he doesn't need the Daleks, and the Daleks shouldn't need him. <coughs> Hence why in the new series, when he came back, he was the pet. To all intents and purposes. I had talked it like that, but yes, you're right. They've got they've got they've got Davos and Mad Dog locked up in the basement. Yep, it's just kind of. But for me, it was always just. It is a, a, <coughs> a poor story, particularly that it's in a run of at that point. Genesis is a is a fantastic story. Uh, there is a good reason why Genesis Darling is the most. Yeah, it just works. And you've got, after it, Resurrection, which has a few problems, but I enjoy. It's the first it's the first televised Dalek story I saw, so... Ah, now that, that might explain why you like it. Probably, again, it's the same way you, you have this. <coughs> uh, I've got issues with Resurrection. I find it too violent, too bloodthirsty, and the Doctor's hardly in it. And I missed the second episode of Ritual Transmission. Um, what... what they aired Resurrection as a two-parter on Wednesday nights, and yeah. Wednesday night was my cup night, and I was forced to go to cup <laughs> I miss every even-numbered part in season 20 because of my cup meetings. No, I'm not still bitter. Of course not. <laughs> but also, it's a case, but it's a case of the, the Dalek stories that, from Genesis. It's... Uh, for me, it's the weakest of luck. I do like Resurrection, Revelations, great, and I think Remembrance is probably one of the best Alex stories we ever got. Don't oh, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- Revelations got something new and interesting to do, and Remembrance is brilliant. Yeah. <coughs> but it's case of, so it's as I say that Goodison does not have a good vocal delivery for Davos, which is one of the problems. He does. He is talking through the mask. He is muffled, and you can hear that it just doesn't have that range. Maybe they should freak up there for people You kind of thought, well, you do that with the Daleks, why not go ADR? Yeah. Um, now, supposedly, Goodison was tired from Davros because he was a radio actor and he could do vocal delivery. Yeah. And I've actually seen um, David Goodison performing in the program since Destiny of Daleks. He's, um, performance. So I, I know that he can deliver his lines 
properly, well, audibly. I think the difference is he does that on radio, he isn't lathered up in that quite yeah. heavy 70s latex rather than... Yeah, yeah, not, not rather, rather freely able to vocalise. Because again, it's, it's one of the things that Terry Molly does talk about, although he had a slightly better prosthetic when it was his turn, he, he did say it was quite heavy and you had to exaggerate all of your movements to yeah. make the mask move. Which I think accounted for why the way he went with his delivery going from the quite restrained whisper to the frothing at the mouth. Yeah. Get, get much more frothing at the mouth in the line than the others. Yeah. Again, you can see why, so it kind of makes sense as part of a, a progression of the character. So it's not. Had you not had them, him being in cryogenics and having been oh. then getting his Mavellan virus. I suppose that. So there's no explanations there, but it's a case of. It's an interesting story. I wouldn't say it's, it's by no means the worst Doctor Who story. So it's not. By uh, I, I'd have to say I think it's probably uh, the chase for me actually or it was awful and again that had that had a truly inept director in it though Ralph's not here so I can say the thing right yeah no uh, the chase Richard Martin can't frame a shot for a worth a <laughs> damn how can you have the Daleks on screen fighting out of Frankenstein and not have a, more than half of them in shot at any one time awful I struggled with the case when I first saw it. I did. I, I really wanted to see it for years and years and years. Daleks coming back the mechanism. Yeah, on paper it should have everything you want. Not as good as you think it ought to be. Yes. I think it's only redeemed by the, the bit at the end when Barbara and Ian get back to, to London. The, the bit at the end is shot by Martin. No, that's the thing. It's an entire... It's, it's the tacked-on scene. I think it was Whitaker at the time, or was it Spooner? Pardon? I don't know th- who wrote it, because uh, it wasn't even Teddy Nation that wrote it. I've I th- got no idea who wrote it, but I know who directed it. Was it not Canfield? It was a big buggy. So, Sir Douglas of Canfield. You are not worthy. Yeah. But no, so it's a case of... It's not the worst Doctor Who story, but it is probably my least favourite Dalek story, by some some margin. No, I, I, I will fully admit my views of this are covered by it being the first Dalek story I saw on television. Um, by what the, what episode one did to me when I first saw it. But if I want to determine what's a Doctor Who story, you just put something on to enjoy. It'll be Destiny of Dalek almost every time. So, uh, for me, uh, to just put on enjoy it, I would say something. For me, it's something like uh, anything from Trial of a Time Lord, to be honest. I can sit and watch. Oh, oh, no. I love no. Trial of a Time Lord. No, no. me to watch Trial of a Time Love it. And Ralph and I will be covering that at a later stardom because we still have the uh, revelation to do separately before I we get on to it. I post comments about it. You mean hate mail, Philip? Pardon? You mean hate mail, not comments. Yes, hate mail, hate mail. <laughs> but it's a case of it, I wouldn't, it's not a boring story. I mean, you can see a lot of recycled stuff, and that's that's the biggest accusation I have. When Doctor Who doesn't work for me, if it's interesting, I can watch it. It's, it's, for example, uh, Time Lash. 
which Ralph has a, a great love of. I don't particularly think it's a very good story, but it's not. But it's not dull. It's not as bad as people think. Oh no, it's not. I mean, uh, it's nowhere near as bad. But again, it's fine. Nobody can what can fairly appraise the the cuddly colony either. Oh. It's just almost yeah. impossible to for anyone to properly appraise it and give it its actual due. Oh. Oh. Which is a crying shame. For me, I think you need to watch Attack of the Cybermen and Revelation of the Dark to see how good Colin Baker's Doctor Who to be. Those are two stories which I think are good, and I think work as Doctor Who. Yeah. No, I, I enjoy him. I think he's a fantastic Doctor and one that's much unfairly maligned. But Myself and Carl actually sat down and kind of examined Doctor by Doctor, and the Doctor who gets the worst material is actually Peter Davison. Yeah, I now, as you know, I've watched all of Doctor Who in order yeah. last year, and yeah, that, that a lot of Pete Davison stuff, especially after the first year, is quite poor. Yep. I, I, watch the first year is on the whole pretty good. And after that, there's three stories I really like. Why is again? No, it's a case of A's. Yeah, I'm trying to think in, in what you would would say would be good. Uh... Morgan Undead. Oh, good lord. I love Morgan Undead, it's great. It's fucking awful. Blog for the while, which I'm reliably informed will return. He's currently doing a weekly review of Blake Seven. 
of which Ralph is now working his way through. Is it Series 3 he's on just now? Ralph is on Series 3. And Phil has been warning him repeatedly over the last week or so that it's about to get very bad. A load of rubbish. And Ralph has poured scorn upon this. Yes, Ralph has nightly posted how much he's enjoying Series 3 and loving episodes that I have absolutely hated and indeed will hate when I get them on the blog. Yes, so it's uh, Ralph is obviously now realising that perhaps he was wrong. Yep, I, should, I can't see how it ends. No. I shall text him later and laugh my ass off. So, Destiny of the Daleks, you can grab on DVD, as Phil has said, either separately uh, or as part of the Davros box set. Does it, have, it has all the Davros box, this TV stuff, and it has a, a big finish special story included in it, doesn't it? I think there's lots of big finish Davros included in it, in it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I know there's only one story you couldn't get elsewhere, because I'm sure, uh, yeah, it's got all the stuff. It's got, like, was it the Davros mission or something? I think you can now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. Can get I, some... It's been a long while since I since I opened my set. In fact, my, my, my Davros set sits at my mother's house, just in case I want to watch any Doctor Who while I'm there. Ah, wise choice. <coughs> uh, they haven't done a Target novelisation audiobook yet, have they? I think they have. Either or if I have or it is soon coming. I shall just check using the, the joys of the computers by going to AudioGo, where all Doctor Who target books go to live. Uh, who can type faster? No, there's a soundtrack, uh, I think. Let me have a look. No, it's just it's the audio soundtrack uh, okay. with n- linking narration by Lala Ward. So we have, as yet... <laughs> We as yet don't have a proper book, target yeah. audiobook. But obviously that will happen. Oh, can, can I tell you my Destiny of the Daleks book story? You may indeed. Yeah. Um, but I, when, when I became a Doctor Who fan, I started borrowing Doctor Who books from my local library. And one of the books I borrowed was Destiny of the Daleks, and I was still so terrified by it, I had to hide it in the cupboard for the week I borrowed it. <laughs> Even after having that happen to me, I still wanted to read Doctor Who books. I asked my mother to get me something for my birthday. What did she get me? Destiny of the Daleks. <laughs> Your mum has a sense of humour. Yes. No, it's a case of... Uh, see, it's available, so we'll have a, a Target audiobook at some point. Uh, but at the moment we don't. So if you do want the Target book, it's eBay is your friend. And you'll probably have to... You'll probably have to spend a wee bit of money on it, I'd imagine. Oh, I think there were a fair few of them available. Yeah, so we'd, I would imagine so. Would be. It's, it's one of the um, one of the thinner editions. Yeah. Say, it's it's, it's in the middle of Terence's um, churn them out one a month, churn them out one a month. Uh, yeah. Period. Yes, he 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 was very much uh, just get it out there. As we said earlier, Phil, Phil has. If you want to read sequentially Phil's thoughts on all Doctor Who stories uh, of the classic era, uh, you can find the the now com- well complete for the moment blog at dweveryday.blogspot.co.uk. Uh, several of the, the uh, posts have some helpful comments from myself and the not dead and buried under a patio member of the Stardub team, Ralph. 
And currently you're on Blake 7 and you're doing a slightly more restrained schedule on this one. I am, yes. I'm doing Blake 7 at one per week. We've done Jewel this week and um, should be Project Avalon this week coming. Again, Blake 7 doesn't have the episode count that Doctor Who did, so... No. Uh, rather wise way to do it. So, and, and to get that, you go to blake7days.blogspot.co.uk. Having just quickly looked on eBay, you can get a paperback copy of Destiny of the Daleks for £3 delivered. Ooh. But again, I'd probably wait for the audiobook myself. Hopefully they'll get uh, somebody decent to narrate it. I know what I'm putting in my next parcel to Ralph. <laughs> so will he when he listens to this, but he has a few episodes behind, so hopefully he'll get there before he... <laughs> So, and say so the Blake 7 blog is at blake7days.blogspot.co.uk. It is. And obviously, Phil's uh, will be on the podcast again. Again, because Phil is the the next and uh, possibly the last in, in the line of Stunt Ralphs, who can say? Uh, we will catch Phil whenever we are back in, back in sort of the Death Fortress of Swindon. Yes, indeed. I'm hoping to see you all soon for the Lego Do later on this year. Yes, probably in, in October. Uh, in fact, it is in October. Yeah, it, is, or it is in October, yeah. yeah. Uh, but obviously, the, the silent member, we do still have a, a gift of Phil's that has been at Ralph's for a couple of months now. Uh, the Triumphant Comics Bundle of Joy. Oh, yes. How the <laughs> fuck do you find them? We went looking at that comic mark at Edinburgh and there was none. I you I just went on eBay, I tried I typed in Triumphant Comics and I was just fortunate there was a lot cheap in the UK that that, that night. Yeah, because it's it's one I've seen but it's always in in America and it's random spotty ones rather yeah. than uh, I read them. Oh I'll, I'll give my I'll give my proper thoughts. I know I, I went power through and I thought, right, I'm just gonna read these and they were so instantly forgettable. Literally I would finish an issue and not retain a bit of information about it. <laughs> it was that bad. It was just so uninterestingly so awful. But not in that way that it evokes a good reaction. You were just like, Ugh. Oh dear, dear, dear. But, but Ralph has them and hasn't read them yet. So I'll be oh, subjecting okay. him to them. And what we'll, brave enough? Uh, I think just a big huge pile of reading and it was it's something we we said we'd we read and, and talk about properly on an episode. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he should read them to relieve the torture he's currently enduring from sarcophagus. Ah, oh no. Let him suffer properly. Um, there have been some more texts while we have been talking. Yep. The captain says, yes, that was the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> now imagine seeing it back in the day as a child. That's the thing I never saw Blake 7 as a kid. I only saw the full season. Um, none, none of it, just because we were in Germany at the time, so we got like the, this, the BBFC channel, yeah. and I don't think it was... If it was on, it was never when I was like up and about as a kid, so it was obviously after my bedtime. There's more. Okay, it gets better after the pantomime pish at the start. Brown. Oh no, the round, round hairy things that a bloke has are back. WTF, a song, what? Oh, poor Ralph. Captain, puts feet up, gets popcorn. Sarcophagus is a little erratic, but kindly. 
Ralph, I need this to end. Not as bad as that Pish Robert Holmes with the vocal voice K9 in it. <laughs> See, I remember watching Psychopathus on a compilation video years and years and years ago. The first two episodes on the tape were Aftermath and Power Play, which are blindingly brilliant. And then there's Psychopathus. And you think, what on earth is this? Uh, I still haven't actually seen all of Blake 7 either. I still haven't really worked the way through. Oh, no, I keep meaning to. I've seen random episodes all the way through. uh, And I like the first couple. Yeah. And then when... But the series becomes an entirely different series after the Brian Blessed episode. Yes, it does. And then it sort of changes again every so often. It's... it's, the, The first two episodes, two and a bit episodes... Are, are very different to very much more adult to everything that comes later. And the rest of the first series is sort of a being the resistance type story. Yeah. And then in the second series, it's, it becomes sort of a trying to find a particular target to strike at story. Then the third series is just all over the place. Uh, before the fourth series, it... it, it goes back to being resisting the authority and um, striking at them. And also, uh, I will get around to it at some point. Yeah. And also, Phil, Phil, as I say, will still cast his... He might not be vocally as present as he has been on this episode, but I'm sure you'll be casting your shadow over the Stardust podcast for many more episodes to Oh, come. yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Special message for Al. Hope you enjoy your presence. Well, uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, not half as much as I'll enjoy watching it. I may actually, what we might do is, because I've got a, a nice big phone with a very nice HD camera built into it, is I may actually do, may film that bit. Oh, please, 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 please. We may get a, a Stardub vodcast. Oh, I want to see this. Just for comedy gold. Oh, yes. And it will be, believe me. So that's, that's what's coming next, which should be for you, gentle readers, uh, or listeners, I should say, in about two weeks' time, give or take. Uh, but for me, only a few days. So that'll tide me over for the next few days at work before I, uh, before I unleash that on Ralph. <laughs> Ooh, ha, ha. Yes, that's right. He will be back as of the next episode. Hooray! Well... I've got Brother Voodoo ex- exhuming him just now from the patio. <laughs> yes, that's right. Zombie Burns comes back. Uh, and that box is just sitting in the corner of my room looking at me, going, <laughs> And there's also an animal for him to watch as well. Oh, he will enjoy that. It's true. And then you will get caught. Need to need to sort you out with Manimal, Phil. <laughs> no, 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 there's, there's no need, really, there's not. Oh, Phil, I think you'll find there is. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I think you'll find there is. There's pleasure enough in my life. Oh, no, 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 no. There, there's, there can always be added to with some manimal. After uh, all, I haven't forgotten nativity. <laughs> yeah, I'd hope you had. But... Oh, oh, good Lord, that, that, that fire still burns at the back. That's, <laughs> but I'm just waiting to get something that, that that's worthy of the nativity. And it's tough going. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I excelled myself there. 
pretty much I think you're going to be hard pushed to top that in terms of biggest pile of shit you've ever inflicted on your friends the, 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 the bit the bit the humble viewers won't know is that I was listening to that podcast and by the end of the podcast and you were, you were saying nothing can be possibly worse than Nativity 2 I had already got a copy of Nativity 1 ordered and on the way to you See, this is this is what the Stardog team have to have to have to face. Our listeners are our enemies, <laughs> and, and more so than the formerly silent member here, Mister Philip Ayers. Uh-huh. So with that, we're going to take our leave of you now because, well, you've had enough of our chat. And as I say, we've got a, a bonus bit of discussion post the credits where you're going to hear Phil and myself speculate about potentially what will be happening at the end of the series of Doctor Who and our and the anniversary special of it. We might be right, we might be wrong. We might be completely off the mark. I think at least one or two bits of ours are completely off, but I do think we're on point for a couple of bits. Yeah, we're right about the Valiard anyway. Indeed, it's just fingers crossed that the the sensational return of Yartek, leader of the alien verd, is going to happen. Indeed. And the Chumblies. Whee! So, uh, now you can... <laughs> You can catch Phil, uh, as I said, on his two blogs, but also Philip is available on Twitter as well to harass. Uh, it's at Philip underscore Ayers, I believe. I think so. I think that's it. Uh, you can find me at Andrew D. Turnbull, as ever, the Stardub website at star-dub.com, where the Daily Straxus is still running. As of today, 201 episodes long. I've kind of given up on saying it'll end in another 20, because it seems about once a week a strip of do says... You're going to have to do at least another 20 on top of this. Hey! Uh, I shan't tell you where we're going. Well, it I can. Well, never end. I'm thinking if I can, I'd like to finish on 3C2. Just a special <laughs> number. Mr. Spence suggested it on Twitter. And I kind of thought that'd be a nice end point. But it honestly just depends. Uh, you love James Roberts and I claim my £5. I, I, I do. I do love James. I'll, I'll have hello to James because we, we, we've said a lot of nick off enough in the podcast uh, but again the story is going to go on a strange little detour for a few weeks before we get back to the, the election drama <laughs> I can't really tell you because Phil although I can tell you gentle listeners Phil hasn't read tomorrow's uh, or Thursday's which I've drawn and haven't yet lettered uh, but it's it's about to get weird and then weirder <laughs> you mean it's not weird already? Oh, no, it gets, it gets weirder. Ah, uh, good. Again, on the email I sent you, which lets you know that we have a, a sexual harassment storyline coming up. Yes. That's right. Sexual harassment and robots. <laughs> Again, just one of these random ideas that occurs to you. You just think, yeah, I'm going to draw that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Again, they just keep t- taking me on little details. Again, Magnific- Magnificus is dead. He'll be back. Aye. Sooner than you'd expect. (laughs) (laughs) Aye, it's comics. Death is not not forever and it's sensationalist stunt work at the best of times. However, I will will say that he is coming back. I didn't say he isn't still dead, though. Oh, excellent. Undead zombie zombie magnificus. Uh, Possibly. Yeah. I can't. I can't really tell you because it actually spoils the uh, the gag for uh, Thursday's one. Or no, both of them. Actually, it's kind of a two part Wednesday and Thursday. But uh, I really like what I did with the last panel on, on for Thursdays. 
great chuffed with that. So hopefully you will all be as well. So yeah. we're going to take our leave of you just now. So you're going to hear some uh, some soothing uh, soothing music, probably Doctor Who related, since how this episode's going to be Who centric. I might even put the right theme music on for Phil, or I may not. I may put on his favourite one. You oh, yeah. wouldn't dare. I think you'll find I've got form for it, haven't done it already. Wouldn't dare. Challenge accepted, Mr. Ayers. So with that, Phil, introduce the best theme version of the Doctor Who theme. Ladies and gentlemen, the 1986 Trial of a Time Lord Doctor Who theme. <laughs> Farewell, gentle listeners. Bye-bye. Yeah. 
previously poor scorn on this theory several times however there's the most recent episode uh, Journey to the Senate of the TARDIS took great points to pointing out the Eye of Harmony and the collapsed star that powers yeah. the TARDIS yeah. which again at that point I was kind of going oh right yes because obviously that's Omega Omega, the, the hand of Omega from Remembers the Daleks was the stellar manipulator that Omega used to trapped the star in that state of perpetual decay that gave the Time Lords all the power to travel in time. Yeah. Uh, so, because obviously oh. there was a there's a voice that still hasn't ever been explained that said silence must fall. Yeah. And the destruction of the TARDIS very early on. Yeah. That part did, still did hasn't... You know, did you notice the crack was back this way? Yeah. That, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain that crack on the wall during this week's episode was the same sort of crack that we saw in the, in the Age Crack episode, her first season. But you, you seem to think that, uh, also in addition to uh, Omega being back, that uh, Clara is a trap. I do. It couldn't be a bigger trap unless she was wearing an Amorak bar badge, to be honest. Yeah. I think that she is somehow a trap to lure the Doctor into something. I don't know how. But that's my feeling. It's, well, it's the fact that we've had the psychic kind of... Well, we know the TARDIS doesn't like her, so there's something there. Yeah. But the psychic who basically said, no, she's just normal, so is it that she knows that she's a trap? Yeah. I don't think, I, she, I don't think she knows she's a trap. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't think she knows at all. I think, <clears throat> I think she's a trap. She's either... She's the other character draw him into it or their previous versions of the I don't know I don't know well there's because there's that, another telling thing that perhaps they'll meet more than this amount of times in one of the interviews it's as if that she's met him other times yeah off camera so and we do know that the uh, captain's favourite character River Song's coming in it near yeah. the end I I suspect we may have seen River Song already this do tell. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Clara, the doctor's phone number. Oh yeah, that's that's the bit we assume that's River Song. Yeah. We we, we think we, we think the woman in the shop is River Song. Yeah. But, but, but ask yourself, why was the doctor staying with monks in that first episode? I think I think that's worth considering because I, I that automatically gets me thinking. Monks. Where have I seen monks before? The, the time meddler. Well, I, I actually, I was thinking the man goes to war again. The you headless monk. Yeah. Ask yourself, why are the headless monks headless? I think because they're worshipping Omega, and it's a homage to them. There's this scene in Three Doctors where Omega takes his helmet off, and there's no head there. And it's a really... <coughs> Big visual moment. I think the headless monk 
passing back to that point no, it's a bit, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. That's a bit just purely because he didn't enjoy that. When when he realised he was discorporated, it, it was just a sheer force of will that kept him alive. That was kind of a really annoyed him. So would he really want that reminded about? I don't, I don't think there's a convincing reason otherwise for the headless monk being headless. I think it could just be some random throwaway daft thing rather than anything else. But it's a case of uh, uh, I still see the minute that they start shoehorning the Eye of Harmony, that's like, okay, fine, maybe maybe we're getting there, but I'm not enti- still not entirely convinced. And again, the thing is, we have we have had enough old stuff from Moffat recently. Yeah. Which uh, it's, and he, he does throw in new stuff every now and then, but we have had kind of enough old, returning old old characters. So, are we going to get another one, and potentially the biggest? Uh, well, I I I I know that we are due another old monster by the end of the season. Yeah, was something stupid enough to leave her script in a taxi. Yep. Um and. I know there's another monster apart from that that's appearing in the special because I've seen some photos. <coughs> yeah, so we've got. And I, I, I just feel I just feel that wasted the opportunity not to bring Omega back on anniversary. Um, with its association with anniversaries in the past. Well, obviously, it's, this is also the first time we've had Moffat talk about the time war in Journey the Center of the, the Tardis. Yes, well. in the past. Yeah. It's sort of not, it's not been tackled, not been looked at. And <clears throat> this in turn might be pointing, pointing towards something else that's been rumoured for the, uh, the special. Is that the thing that was mentioned in Bleeding Cool, perchance? It, it would be the thing that people um, mentioned, yes. Well, we can talk about this because this is kind of the spoiler section. So the, Excellent. So the sp- Excellent. So the right, basically... John Hurt actually is the Ninth Doctor, let's say. Yeah. John Hurt is the Ninth Doctor in between Christopher Eccleston's Eighth Doctor, uh, sorry, in between Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor and Christopher Eccleston's Tenth Doctor. David Tennant is the Eleventh, Matt Smith is the Twelfth. But he, they have no memory of him. No, he, he has been wiped from their memories for some reason. And Possibly time more related. Yes. Or alternatively, he's Omega. Ooh. Because you're or not... the Doctor Omega. Well, he's worn the Doctor's face before. Yeah. So. No, I think that's a. That's a bridge too far, I think. But I think it could be if you've got, because if you're having a make Omega back, you need someone with a bit of clout to be the to be cast as him. Yeah. So John Hart is the obvious one. Well, if you can't get Stephen Thorne, I still don't think they would get Stephen Thorne. It's the, we're now in the era of obviously people would expect a, a name actor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have John Simpson Marshall, you're going to have to. 
<coughs> do better than that. Yeah, you're kind of having to do the. It's like the sort of the, the top Trump's bit in hot fuzz when you go from uh, Martin Freeman to Steve Coogan to Bill Bill Nye, one yeah. after the other. You're kind of going to have to do that. So yeah. I think there's more. I honestly think there's more chance that that John Hurt, if you've got Omega in it, John Hurt's Omega. Yeah, I think that's a good possibility. And he's got the voice for it as well. Yes, yes. Got very, especially now he's got very craggy. I haven't seen him in anything relatively recently. Well, he was the voice of the dragon in Merlin for the duration of that horrible, horrible series. I have to be honest, it got better, but had a really, really bad final episode. So it's a case of... No, I think I, if you've got Omega, you're going to have him. I really don't think they're going to cheat and have, have, have there be a missing ninth Doctor. I think that's a bit too much. It's a popular theory at the moment. It's, a, again, popular theory, but we've... We had Adam was Davros as a very popular theory when 2005 came back. So, oh, that was rubbish, that. Yeah, but it was still very popular, and you couldn't get past it. It's like shut uh, the fuck up, it's not him. But no, I don't think they'll do it purely also just from a branding point of view. All the merch and all that—they're never going to do that. It's just even thinking of just a purely that cynical, cold cash grabbing level. You are going to keep it as ninth and tenth. He's or. Oh, or if he's not Omega, he's another master incarnation. Oh, don't, don't. Only do the master if you're going to rescue him. What for a few days? I hate those master episodes. Or alternatively, he's the master that fought the Time War. Because he goes to the Chameleon Arch to be human as a, as a young boy. Comes out of the... Comes out of the... So, so it's a case of I think it's case, he, there's there's enough choices as to who who yeah. John Hurt could be reasonably, but he's not going to be the missing Doctor. Real sick. I just I th- I think it's a it would be one of those moves. It's a good idea, dramatically, yeah. but given the sort of the amount of merchandising and licensing at the back of Doctor Who, that's kind of got all this thing quite clearly showing ninth, tenth, eleventh. No. Cost too much to print all that sort of stuff off. They're not going to do that, so I think that would that would poo-poo it. Also, I like the idea it's McGann that fought the Time War because it's one of the things that he got such short shift on. Obviously, in terms of obviously be just getting the film, in terms it's, of visually, it's but, been the assumption that <coughs> McGann for a long, long time. I agree. It, it makes sense to maybe dick about with it and, and do that, but I just think. I think they'll leave it as no, it was the McGann. Plus, it also gives you scope that McGann's probably one of the few that they could get back, and you can have him looking older, and just say, nope, he's just been fighting this ancient, ages-old time war. Yeah, but some 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 hurt the sort of McGann. I could I could say as well. Yeah. Well, there's been people looking at the costumes, picking out bits of the gang's costume and bits of the costume, yeah. and what John Hurt is wearing. And <coughs> you can see it from the movie between the two. Yeah. And didn't the gang have a leather jacket in that photo suit, I did? Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. He's got a new costume and dark eyes. From Big Finish. Yeah. 
after being after tilling about in the in the Somme. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing the photos when they when they proper started not back now. But. Yeah, but no, so I, I still think no, we're not getting a missing ninth Doctor. We're just going to have have that. Have it as we we know it. Yeah. You're going to just have it. It's going to be McGann because I, I don't. I, even then, I still think they're probably loath to go too much into the time war because the minute you start showing it, it's not as mythic and big as it's in your head. How about Omega turning up? We've lost you, Phil. You're back. Alrighty. Can you hear me? Hello. All right, Hello. you're back. How do? You can hear. Yep, got you back. Good. So the last thing I got from you because I'm recording it was you just says how about Omega, and then that was it. Right. How about Omega pretending to be a ninth Doctor? The others have forgotten about. Yeah, I could see that possibly being that being the way it would go. Yeah. I I I I think that the missing Doctor theory is quite a strong one at the moment. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I could I could see, I could see them sort of doing that to muck with fan, fans' heads during the episode. No, <clears throat> yeah, I could see them doing that if it's a bait and switch, and at the end it's like no one will actually, ha 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 ha. Ooh ha ha! It's me, your old villain. So I think they could kind of quite wisely stayed away from too much Time Lord lore since the end of uh, yeah, well, the Tenth Doctor leader. <laughs> with Rassilon and Co. Yes, that um, was an interesting version of Rassilon. Well, nothing wrong with that, but it was just RTD, just, well, have you read, have you read A Writer's Tale? I have. I, I do have Rusty D's Big Gay Diary here. Yeah, and it's basically quite clear he's running on empty. The ideas have gone. He got to the. I enjoy, I actually enjoyed the end of time more than I did the previous master story. I thought the master was better in end of time. 
I just didn't like him doing the uh, all the random stupid energy bolt bolts and the uh, voodoo resurrection. Yeah, oh, I didn't mind that. I didn't mind that. It's it's sort it's sort of like he's come back from the dead. He's been, got some sort of superpower or something. And no, I I, I could cope with that. That's okay, so no, I can. Uh, now the, the 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 thing the thing I've got an issue with with the with the previous master story was the everything you've just watched has never happened. That really winds me up. Yeah, although the, it it sucks, but it does make sense in the context of the story because it's a paradox machine. So it's a machine that paradoxically shouldn't exist. So yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's what wearing me off that last week's Doctor Who story as well, wasn't that? Yes, it was kind of a reset button. Why have I bothered watching this episode? Yeah. But uh, there we are. Also, it's just a shame that they were just sort of time echoes of themselves rather than something genuinely freaky that's still in the TARDIS. Yeah. Which would be infinitely more interesting. And quite likely, given the fact that it's a, it's a living, breathing ship. Yeah, they could, they, could, they, could have done a, they could have done a lot more with that than... They did, and I, I always feel wandering around the TARDIS episodes don't, <coughs> don't feel quite right because they just look right as TARDIS corridors. I, I think it's more just it's always something that the more you see of the TARDIS, the less interesting it is. I loved looking into the big room, seeing the swimming pool and the things like that. I thought that was really, really good. That worked for me, but yeah, but there were a lot of other aspects of this week that you. No, little hints and, and bits going through are always always better for me. Yeah. And also, it's an interesting theory, theory, Phil, and one that we'll see you prove right. I don't think we're going to find out at the end of the regular series it's going to be at the anniversary. No, I, I, I think the end of the regular series is going to be some sort of cliffhanger lead, leading you into the anniversary. My theory, though, is about... Uh, it is going to be a proper multi-doctor story. I know that they're giving all this pish about it just being... Nine, uh, ten meets eleven, but it's like no, it's not. No, because when they when they've cast someone to play Billy for that uh, time and space documentary, they cast somebody to play Patrick, Patrick as well. Exactly, we are going to have a multi doctor story properly. Yeah. Might not be them all. Yeah, they're going to do something because the 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 budget for those props and the old Tardis, the old replica of the classic TARDIS console didn't come out of Doctor Who but came out of BBC to <coughs> drama budget. Yeah. So I've always thought that was stealth to get them in. Yeah. So Having old style Daleks made up for it as well. Exactly. So they could f- recreate the Dalek invasion of Earth but so we are going to get... Old, old school old Daleks that were built so they could be adjusted for different Dalek variants. Yep. Yeah. We are going to get a multi doctor story. Yeah, definitely. Of of more than two. And that's why I still think we've got a shot at McGann. Because it, well, it's one well, of the things the Who Office has been pretty good at keeping things out under wraps. Mm-hmm. So the fact that so much is coming out just now that's being yeah. being laid out is a case of it, that's the only a, the only stuff that's getting let out is stuff that's been seen in public because there's been location filming. Yeah. Uh, and again it's a case of they're also letting stuff come out because it's like, okay, here's here's what you think are spoilers and things. Actually, no, there's there's other stuff. Yeah, they've got it down to fine art. So no, I I do think that we are going to see Molly Doctors. Is it going to be Omega? 
more think about it potentially, but whether it, it turns out that he's actually been behind everything since the start, I don't know. I think Moffat might not bother with that, but leave enough of it there so your theory still holds, but you don't get a yay or an A. Yeah. I think that is potentially quite likely. Yeah. We're not getting told the doctor's name, though. That's a huge misdirect. They do that. That's wrong. That'd be a big, big, big mistake. I don't think Moffat's stupid enough to do that. No, I hope not. But, 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 but hey, putting that out, out as an episode title get fans angry and talking about it and a little bit of publicity and... He's, he's as adept at uh, yanking the public's chain as GNT ever was. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But So we, we'll find that out at a later date, though. So, we will. But I, I don't think... But I say, I do think we're going to get a cliffhanger that leads into the last... the, the anniversary story. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that sort of be a hook to draw you in and come back in November. Yeah. 